0: You know, Lawrence, doing these things a little bit improvised like this, I feel um, I feel a bit vulnerable. Sorry, to interrupt <laughs> I, just, I, I, I want
1: to encourage. I want to acknowledge your courage to be vulnerable in public like <laughs> yeah. this in front of your beloved. No, I don't think that opening is what ended the relationship. I think that the relationship had um, incompatibility in it, and. If opening did anything, it just accelerated the exposure of the truth of that. For me, life boils down to two primary things and it's growth and pleasure. Yo, sit down,
0: let's dig into your spiritual ego. Think you're looking fly, white linen kimono, got your yoni egg in. I think you're ready. Yeah, it's time for ubudan tea. Sorry. What's up, guys? Uh, great. Whoa. Um, we're going to record Ubudan tea it's starting in like, like a right now. I think
2: yeah. the cameras are already rolling.
0: Well, yeah. you're definitely going to want to start Ubudan tea with some very
2: special tea. And that's what I have for you today. This is a very special oolong. It's called
0: Aged Oriental Beauty. And the name of this tea is actually True Love. Because it's so warming and heart opening, this tea. Mm -hmm. But it's actually from
2: 1990. It's a traditionally processed uh, oolong, so very high oxidation and it's just really an incredible tea.
0: Is is this going to put us really in our hearts for the episode?
2: Yes, it should put you into your heart space, be able to just drop in, feel and feel fuzzy and warm all Mm. inside and just share that feeling with everybody today. (sighs)
0: yeah you know lawrence doing these things a little bit improvised like this i feel um i feel a bit vulnerable do you because yeah i feel um thank you barry thank you well it's like we don't know what happens and it's like kind of um, a little bit exposing sometimes how do you relate to that
2: well first of all i want to say that it's good to be back
0: Mm.
2: right um vulnerability is something that i feel is like comes easier to me although that's the thing about vulnerability is it's a deepening so when we do experience it when we do experience it as vulnerable it's something that it's like a new layer it's Mm. something that happens that
0: we haven't been there before yeah it's a new depth do you do you share like very vulnerable things on your instagram guess, like time i was thinking oh this i'm, I'm pretty open uh, i like to be open about where i'm at the things i share but there's definitely things that like um keep privacy even when i think uh i know with uh, uh, my romantic partner for example the things i don't want to share publicly right like yeah. like wh- when when do you because you have a you're active on instagram and sometimes you're quite vulnerable like how do you play with that
2: i i actually will share with you what is vulnerable for me on instagram because i like i don't know how much the viewers know but i used to live in russia and when i lived when i lived in russia i used my instagram and shared everything like i Mm. was like super vulnerable but it's almost because of the cultural like divide because i didn't feel like i was necessarily russian i felt like i could say anything and i didn't care if i was being judged Mm but I do feel when I share in English that it's my edge. I do it still, mm-hmm. but it's a different kind of vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm a little bit more aware of like the possibility of being criticized. I think yeah. with this show also, like because the, the hopes are that we have lots of exposure. Yeah. So like the idea of like some trolls or even like maybe like a certain Instagram page might wanna talk about us, Ooh. right? So it's something that I'm a little bit more aware of now.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: how about you like do you you don't use instagram that often
0: uh not so much i'm more vulnerable on my telegram i feel it's more of a safe space i love your telegram because it's less open Uh, but at the same time i find it beautiful i just it's just an interesting balance to have also uh, for me I i don't really know personally i don't think there's much but I don't want to involve people who don't want to it's like it can it's consent so it can be friends it can be projects that want to get be a little bit more low um but yeah to me it's been it's been just something i was thinking about because i feel for a time putting things on instagram and saying okay um now nah, now nah, i eat fruits or now nah, i take ice baths or even things that would be more uh, deep or things like this it's like it's like just pushed me to created a pressure that pushed me to be who i want to be do you, do you see what i mean
2: yeah i hear you i mean I, i'm friends with you for a long time so if that's the thing that really struck me about you is the way that you are so open and there is a in like this really sweet way uh, i don't give a about anything and, yeah. and that's what i really appreciate in you i mean amongst other things
0: yeah we're talking about like for example if we do Acid were to take clips and and show things that's a discussion we might have in the other one but i think we're pretty fine with it on a personal level i think i would that might be dangerous to say right now so but, but i don't think there's any part where i'd be like okay that'd be terrible you know i think i would own anything so i'll share I think I might have archived something
2: on Instagram. Because yeah. most of my Instagrams are in Russian. Like, the stuff that was really vulnerable. So, I was like, whatever. Ubudon on Acid, they, can, they can't they can really find anything. But there was one clip on Yepi. Mm-hmm. I was at Lion's house. Mm-hmm. And it was raining. And I danced in my underwear. Like, I was at ecstatic dance. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there... And I was like... Because Ubudon on Acid, they screenshotted us yeah. for, like... A few hours, and they said that they were going to go deep into us, and then they just erased that, mm. and they didn't speak about us. So, like, obviously, we're not that interesting to them, at least I at think this they point. know you're too keen. Yeah, they know that I'm like, Come <laughs> on, guys, <laughs> I want Well, look, whatever they do is really, other than for our buddy Jeff, who got thrown off the island, mm. Jesus on the top of the tour. I've, I've seen that. Other than him, I think everybody else has, like, reaped the rewards of getting extra attention from them.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll talk about it this, this is a future yeah. episode. But back to back to being open, also there's something about um, the social media. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, like, we'll talk about it. So Josh, I guess, today will bring him in soon. But she does a conversation I've had with him quite a bit. So we did a retreat together uh, about a year ago. He was called The Dojo and with my friends James and and... and We had chats around it, and that was very interesting. He was kind of telling me and kind of teaching me about the possibility of healing while being seen. Well, my default, I feel, as a projector, as a man, is when I feel turbulences, like I'm very sad or I'm angry. My default is more, okay, I'll go to my room, meditate or emote or do something more by myself. I don't want to burden people. And then I um, and then I go back into the pub- public in my better face, let's mm-hmm, say, in mm-hmm. a better way. And actually, I found it very beautiful. And we'll talk about it when he comes. That, um, but he inspired me to maybe show more when I'm not on my best.
2: We talked about that with Barry earlier, off camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we talked about how, as men, there is this ability to go home, go away from everything integrate it and come back Mm. so i do i do think that it's really interesting because what you're speaking to is something that i tend to move towards like i have this i need to express myself Mm. and i find that expressing myself in in front
0: of people and be seen
2: well by being seen it changes like energetics start to shift like the, the the puzzle pieces change where like if you do it at home it's like rehearsal nobody sees it which is yeah. nice because you're moving your own energy yeah. but there's something about moving the energy in the
0: matrix mm. which is a bit what we do sometimes at yoga band at ecstatic dance totally. for example someone will have a bit of a cathartic event and they allow to do that in public which is which is probably a good in between between opening and maybe you don't want it on instagram maybe you do maybe you don't maybe you do <laughs> maybe you don't i mean and I've like
2: living here, and living this this like new Ubudian Balinese Balinese life. Um, I've definitely shifted. Like I actually yeah. had somebody write me the other day on Instagram and say, "How come you're not you're not sharing heartfelt stuff? You're only showing like commercials or whatever, yeah. like promotions for my yoga events and stuff now." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "It's just where I'm at in my life." But I do remember like feeling like I was, the way that we feel about like. We only eat the cleanest food and there's like a little bit of a like a superiority here <laughs> like we mm. only eat fruit i remember thinking of myself as like the person who
0: was the most authentic
2: on instagram once upon a time and mm. thinking of myself like also having this like ego inflation around that too
0: mm, the vulnerability olympics yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah like <laughs> my friend rick he calls it like this who's going to be the most vulnerable and going to put the the deepest share that's
2: what I want to talk to Josh about—the yeah.
0: vulnerability Olympics. Should we get, get him in? Yeah, I think yeah. it's time. He looks ready. He looks yeah. warmed up. Yeah. Give me five. It okay. Looks like he wants a cup of tea. I'm gonna, like I'm gonna, like I'm like gonna hold this
2: and slurp with you. I'm gonna wait. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. Josh has been on our
1: show before, actually. Yeah, he was on the you, premiere.
2: Yeah, you were on the first first episode.
1: It was good fun. And you said you were going to bring a mic with yourself, with you. I did, but you've got three mics now, yeah, so we're good. So, so apparently really, you did
0: well because we invited you again. Yes. For a fully episode. I like
1: to think of that as external validation. So thank can you,
0: please, you. Can you please pour him a,
1: a cup? I would love some tea. I'm really. That's why I've come. Actually, is for Sorry, the tea. Guests, <laughs> guests are so
0: demanding in these days, and co-hosts.
1: <laughs>
0: what are we drinking? Uh, Barry explained it already. <laughs>
2: It's a new one. called
0: True Love. True Love. Yeah, Oriental Beauty. Oriental Beauty, True oh, Love. It's gonna open our hearts for vulnerable conversations. Okay. Because that's one thing, with many other things that are loved by you. But before we get
1: there, we have a new, the fire questions, bro. Oh,
0: okay, cool. Do, do we do it
2: now? Yeah, let's do it now. That's what we decided. Let's do it now. Yeah,
1: I'm just gonna drink this tea while you Oh yeah, I'm gonna
0: also drink the tea. Keep the ceremonial space for mm. 30 seconds.
1: I feel so much more authentic
0: mm. and grounded and
1: grounded.
2: I just want to say this as I prepare the questions. Um, this is a this is a shameless advertising plug for Last Tribe, which is the store at Zest. And the only reason I'm talking about the clothes that I'm wearing right now is because you're one of the best dressed men I know. Like I, I see you and you're like, you got a good vibe. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Last This is from Last Vibe at the Zest store. Okay, so we have this new segment, it's called it's called this or that. I'm gonna give you a few moments to answer which you prefer. And if you want, you can throw in like a short sentence about why. Okay? Cool. Okay. So the question goes like this.
1: Changu or Uluwatu? Changu. Why? It's a very good question. I actually prefer Uluwatu, but I'm really happy in Changu right now. Okay. okay, cool. Zest or Sayuris? Sayuris. Sorry, Pierre. <laughs> I
0: told let's you this not, was a dangerous yeah, one. Let's not ask why. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Colonic or Cambo?
1: Cool, that's a tough one. Um, I'd say Cambo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Colonic for like comfortability, but I feel somehow Cambo is, is more worthwhile of my time,
0: mm-hmm. in a sense. Have you tried both at the same time?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not strictly speaking. Don't. (laughs) Rape (laughs) or ice bath? Yeah, very different things. Um, I'd say ice bath consistently. Mm. Mm.
0: Temple night or kundalini class? Temple night.
1: (laughs) That's an easy one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ayahuasca (laughs) or vipassana? Vipashna. Mm.
2: And he just became like very <laughs> goenka about it. Cacao or puer?
1: Again, very different. Um, how I'm feeling right now is puer because I'm drinking tea. Mm. You
0: can take the next one, Lawrence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I know the answer. That he'll, <laughs> Am I love it. I might surprise you. I don't think
2: with this one, but you might. It would be a surprise. Durian or urine therapy?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no surprises there. Definitely durian. <laughs>
0: Yoga barn or radiantly alive?
1: <laughs> Yoga yeah. barn? Sorry?
0: Sorry, babe. <laughs> M-
2: Malika or Toltec?
1: <laughs> I love you, Malaika. <laughs> <laughs> Taltec. Kirtan
0: or ecstatic dance?
1: Oh, that's a really tough one, actually. Because they're both equally important to me. So if I had to choose one and I could only do one for the rest of my life, I would probably choose dance.
0: Mm.
1: Because there's other forms of singing that I enjoy as well
2: even though you you have a Kirtan band now.
1: I do, which is great. It's been heaps of fun. I actually performed like one of my own written songs for the first time in front of like 60 people and had everyone singing it back to me. It was a really beautiful moment. It's really nice. But yeah, dance, like in terms of all the different forms of dance, Ecstatic is my favorite. It's because it's free form and there's just so much movement for expression. I really love it and Kirtan's beautiful.
2: This game isn't over yet. We have more questions. Contact dance or ecstatic dance?
1: Ecstatic dance.
2: One more question. Stay at home on a Friday night or ecstatic dance?
1: I'd probably stay at home, to be honest. (laughs) Friday night used to be my church, but nowadays not so much. I prefer Sunday.
2: That was the first ever. So you were on the first ever show and you were also the first ever this or that.
1: Yay! And now we have like music and like,
2: do, do,
0: do, 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 do. Oh.
1: That's great. Do I, I, I get a that, score? Like, do I pass? Or it's like yeah, A or B is 1.2 point. I'm amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. A plus. More external validation. <laughs> Bring it on.
0: <laughs> we're in Ubud. <laughs> and I feel a lot of people here have, um, let's say, challenged the vision in the Western world of having one wife, being married, and being in a monogamous relationship and I know you've uh, um, explored and got interested in open relationships. I don't know how much you're open to talk about specifically <laughs> things and you can share a bit about that, but I'm uh, someone who's very curious also and who's interested in people who have different ways to relate. And so uh, it was interesting, you talked about the difference between friendship and, and um, romantic relationships and another difference, at least when you're monogamous is for example if lawrence is my friend i'm not thinking oh if josh spends also a lot of time with lawrence it's weird or it's not good but somehow with romantic relationship a lot of us do that and so from that very rational mind i was thinking well probably it works better open relationship because then if um I don't know if I only want to spend one night with my partner, and she wants to spend five nights a, a week with uh, a man. <coughs> then I can have another brother that takes care of her during the rest of the of the week. So on paper it looks pretty good, but then obviously when you put the emotions into it and, uh, and a lot of that, I found out um, that uh, yeah, it's not that simple. So I'm I'm.
1: I haven't have done the, much You should have okay. the Steph
0: cam right now yeah. <laughs> The Stephy cam
1: right now <laughs> Sorry like, to interrupt There's my like
0: partner <laughs> watching And we're in a monogamous relationship And she, she's like Where is going?
1: <laughs> Anyways Sorry like, to interrupt I, guess, <laughs> I, I, I want to encourage I, I want to acknowledge your courage To be vulnerable in public like <laughs> yeah. this In front of your beloved <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, Where were we? (laughs) So that's a great. I'm
2: I'm interested.
0: I haven't really uh, experienced into that. I've only like read a couple of books on it, but I guess quite different. And I know you've been into the fire of open relationship. I'm just interested in yeah, you sharing about
1: it. Do you have a specific? It's a huge topic. Do you have a specific question?
0: Um, I have one, but it's a little bit personal. Okay, which was actually uh, the question of my partner, Steffi, when, when we talked uh, about you um, in the bedroom. Just- <laughs> I just want to <laughs> say, like the newest, the say, say moment there. I'm really, really
1: glad that you guys are talking about me in the bedroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how she gets me hot at some point. Joking. Okay, so
1: you can ask the question, um, I may or may not answer. Uh, do you
0: think, how do you feel about having, um, <laughs> I just remember I didn't ask, you were like before the podcast, I asked Steffi for permission if we can film her, <laughs> and now she has a camera in yeah. her face. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you feel having done, um, so you've had an open relationship for a long time with an ex-partner? And do you feel having opened that relationship uh, and well, first you can define what's open because it can be sexuality, it can be love, but do you feel you've kind of shot the relationship in the foot in a way by opening that it it encouraged um, the fact that you're not together?
1: No, I don't think that opening is what ended the relationship. I think that the relationship had um, incompatibility in it. And if opening did anything, it just accelerated the exposure of the truth of that, essentially. So rather than wasting lots of time in a relationship that was um, not good, I, I got to waste just a little bit of time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, for me, for me personally, um, in that relationship, the you know, the open experience of that, her connection with others was never was never an issue. And I think that this is, there's, I think when it comes to, you know, anything non-monogamous, it really, it comes down to your sense-making mechanisms. It's how you make sense of the world. Like you're talking about the difference between friendship and partnership. If you're in partnership and we're hanging out together, then it's weird, but if you're in friendship, we're hanging out together, it's not weird. It's, a sense-making mechanism, Mm -hmm. right? So I think it's really important to really honor the emotional impact of our sense-making mechanisms and not try and force them or change them um, in a way that is mechanical or in a way that is, you're trying to get to a particular outcome and so you're running roughshod over your emotions, but rather treating it as an experiment, right? And using it as a way, because relationships are a vehicle for growth and pleasure. Um, and there's lots of different things underneath that, but using it as a way, acknowledging it as a journey, and that with each thing that comes up, it being sufficient in and of itself, right? Rather than being like, oh, this is an obstacle I have to overcome in order to get to destination XYZ. Being like, well, this is the direction that I'm moving in, and here's the next thing. Look at this exciting opportunity for deepening in love, for growth, for you know, removing obstacles to pleasure in myself if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in my relationship, in my past relationship, the, the, the experience of her connections with others was never an issue because to me what was important was the quality and nature of our connection. And what I've come to since then is that for me, and again, this is for me, uh, that what's most important in my relationship is that my partner is engaging in things that fill her up, that excite her, that make her more alive, that if she comes back to me after doing whatever she's doing, she's coming back to me as more of herself. And now that could be work, right? Or it could be connections with other people, or it could be friendships, or it could be, you know, whatever it might be, is that this is the determining factor. And there is, for me, a great sense of personal freedom, in that and for me there's a from that spaciousness that's created I find that I'm able to love so much more in a way that feels really good for me but I also recognize that and again this is really important we all have different sense making mechanisms right and it's it's it's, I can't stress it enough how important it is to really honor the impact of those so if we have an experience that brings up pain in us to not just dismiss it because it doesn't fit with an ideology or some kind of destination that we're trying to move towards But actually turn and be present with it face it fully uh, Because it's an opportunity And I'll go on a bit of a segue on this and then we can come back to your line of questioning But um, one of the models that I have for life is that um, I mentioned earlier we all carry pain right we all experience trauma and that uh, creates pain in our system in our bodies physical body emotional body whatever And more often than not, at the time that that happened, we don't have the resources to be able to deal with it properly. And so it remains in our system. And what we do in order to be able to continue with our life in a normal fashion is that we build a structure around that pain so that it's um, contained essentially. And that allows the vehicle of us to continue to move in a functional way. Now, when we experience someone hurting us or some kind of external source of pain my sense-making mechanism and and something that i teach is that what's actually happening here is that someone is uh, threatening the integrity of the structure that you've built around the pain that already exists so the pain that you're feeling is because you're being given access to that pain right and what's normal in in normal culture especially in you know super normal culture but even in you know, um, conscious community is to look at that and be like, well, that person's hurting me. Right. And that's okay. It's okay to look at it that way. And I think sometimes really important because another danger is to bypass that and and run roughshod over your own emotions and really not honor the experience that you're having because of some ideology. Uh, but it doesn't make the ideology any less true. It's that actually what's happening is you're being given access to this pain that you're carrying. And it presents an opportunity to feel it now with the tools and the resources that you have to be able to hold yourself, to be able to show yourself in connection. And with this sense-making mechanism, what becomes possible is that you can actually feel that pain in connection with the person that hurt you because how you're making sense of it isn't that they hurt you, is that they gave you access to it. And obviously it 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 is heavily dependent on the other person's capacity to remain in connection as well um, because otherwise it doesn't work but yeah anyway there's 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 more to speak on that but i'll stop there for now
2: i'm really moved by the access to pain it's similar to like the way that I, i look at um just various experiences in the body. Like if you're working out and you're staying in a position and the, the fire starts to burn within, it's like, okay, there's energy, there's access to that energy as opposed to fog. When is it going to end already? It's like, whoa, like I can gather this and I can move it and like different practices. Look at that. I wanted to segue to a question of, was there a shift like in terms of the way that you, the, the meaning making machine of Josh versus like when I think of an open relationship, I can look at it from an intellectual point of view of yes, just like just like um Alex said, like it makes sense, right? Like how great would it be to be able to share my woman and like see her blossom and shine. It makes me so happy. But in my head, like when I think of open relationship, like I I start thinking with my cock and it starts to be like an internal porn movie and it's and or an or an internal soap opera of like that's my woman like i have ownership over that so i have those different layers now by talking about it they're starting to expand and what have you but my question is to you it's like were you always like this or was it this process that expanded you into this kind of this way of looking at things and
1: definitely a process of life um we're we're all raised in a culture that has a very specific prescription for love and relationships. And we are inundated by it forever, our entire lives from every direction. Um, You know, like fairy tale movies being obviously the most prevalent example, but it's it's literally everywhere. And and that's because it's something that is socially and culturally accepted to be true. Um, Like anything, if you look Mm -hmm. at anything, right? anything that is socially and culturally accepted to be true permeates uh, what I see as the cultural mythos of humanity. Um, And every different region has a slightly different cultural mythos, um, which is actually a really great access point into this intellectually. It's like, you know, in this country, it's normal to wear a hijab. And in this country, it's normal to go to the beach with a bikini. And we're so entrenched in our idea of what's normal that we see the other person as completely insane. Right? And so if that's possible in one place, obviously it's possible in every place because it's all ideology. Um, I feel like I've lost track of the question. Can you? Well, the
2: question was like, at what point did you become the person that your context for life is, oh, I want my woman to be more fully herself no matter what it takes. When did that become the norm for you? Like, was there a process? Was there a shift? Was there a moment? You said that there was a process, right? definitely
1: Yeah, it's definitely been a process. So the reason I was talking about the cultural mythos is because when I was growing up, so what I've always known is that devotion is really important to me and, and connection. I know that I want to spend the rest of my life with someone and, and build from there, build tribe, build community. Uh, and that feels really important to me. It doesn't feel important to everyone, but it feels important to me. And in the culture that I was brought up in, The prescription for that was monogamous relationship. In order to have this, then you have to do this, right? And so for my whole life, I was, was, yeah, a serial monogamist, deeply monogamous, because this is what's important to me, the sense of devotion, the sense of commitment. And it didn't occur to me that it could be possible in some other way. And it was, yeah, absolutely my lived experience of, of opening to this possibility, like witnessing the woman that I was so devoted to, that was my family, that I was gonna spend the rest of my life with, we were gonna have kids, witnessing her feel attraction to someone else and be excited about that and be present to what that brought alive in me. Um, and on one hand, there was, there was fear, uh, but because again, my sense making kind of mechanism around fear is like lean into it because otherwise it controls you from the shadows. So that really helped me to like begin the journey. Um, but then there was also this other part of me that was like, oh wow, look how excited she is, that's so beautiful. You know, and then like a bunch of different things in between and so just kind of making space in my, in my system at the beginning of this journey to allow and accept all of it, you know, is to welcome all of it. Um, and then You know, predominantly it's been about I've just been really curious about how other people who are either for or against the concepts make sense of it. And in most of my conversations, I sit down and I'm just I'm I'm curious and I dig in and I'm like, well, what do you think? Why do you think that? Where does that come from? Where does that lead? And just over time, beginning to build a tapestry that works, that feels like it resonates for me based on what's important to me. And, you know, like growing up, I would have looked at what's important to me and been like, well, that's impossible, right? You have to sacrifice, you have to choose one or the other. You know, it's either devotion or, you know, this expression of freedom. And I don't remember the point where I was like, well, does it have to be one or the other? Can it be both? But I remember this revelation coming to me I don't know exactly when or what happened, but it was like, what if it could be both? What if it's just my position that is causing me to see it as an either or choice? Like I have to sacrifice this or that. Because, and this is an analogy that I often use when it comes to how we see things. Um, Like for example, right now it's daytime, right? We, We look up at the sky, the sun's in the sky, we can say it's definitively daytime right now but it's is simply a matter of position it's because we're on this particular point in earth that it's daytime uh, but if we were to zoom out from earth and go out far enough away we would see that it's actually 50 percent daytime and 50 percent nighttime and it's always 50 percent day and 50 percent night and that never changes and for me this provides a really interesting kind of like intellectual framework to be able to look at how can I expand myself and my perceptual awareness enough so that I can make, make room for both, day and night, at the same time.
2: wanted to as Alex takes a look at where we like, go with this I just wanted to speak to it. I get a sense as like being the host is a, is a part of me that's making sure that we're navigating it for the viewers and we're talking about it for the most part like it's the norm I feel like the conversation we're asking questions about it but there's maybe it's because we're in Ubu maybe because it's a conversation but I feel like there's gonna be people that are watching that are like how do you introduce it how how do you even like have that frame of of like sense making because i think the desire is of freedom for sure but how does somebody go there and i guess the other question that i'll ask you is it worth it was it has it been worth it for you
1: yes and no past me would have said absolutely not because I lost things that I felt were really important to me. Uh, but present me realized that actually I was making those things important to me out of a sense of fear, of, of being out of connection, of being abandoned, of being alone. It's a slippery slope. A lot of people are curious about this and their surface level motivations, the, one that's, the ones that they're conscious of are for lack of a better word immature they're they're half-baked they're not they're not fully in alignment and i think the reason for this is suppression is when you suppress an energy it comes out sideways and you see this culturally all over the world like um, you know things like fetishes come most predominantly in cultures where sexuality is suppressed uh, it's because the energy is there, it's alive, it's present, it wants to move. So when you're coming from a space of, you know, just kind of uncovering this, the culture has suppressed this, this concept and the tendency can be immature. It can be to move in a way that the energy comes out sideways and it can be really damaging and really painful. Um, and it can, you know, like you, you can think with your cock or your pussy um, hmm. and and make you mean mistakes. With your lingam
0: or your yoni, we're in Ubud.
1: You know? Sorry, sorry, I thought we were talking to the rest of the audience. <laughs> 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 they are also yeah, in Ubud. Yeah, cock and balls. <laughs> <Fair point. laughs>
0: um,
1: so, yeah, I think, again, it really just comes down to trusting yourself. Um, and be opening, be open to things changing throughout your life. Like, you may be really interested and curious to explore this now, um, and then you may find that you're not. Or you may be really close to exploring this now, and then later on you may find that you are, and you may oscillate, you may swing. And the most important thing is that you trust your own sense and that you honor your own experience, and that you're in alignment with your own values. Like. For me, a really important value is, is being in connection. So it's really important to me to make sure that I'm honoring the people that I'm in connection with, um, whether they're friends or family or a lover or whatever it might be. And to do my best to do that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really important to be authentic and be vulnerable. The moment that you decide that you think you know something, you're attached to an ideology, and you you run the risk of causing damage. Uh, But rather just stay open, stay vulnerable, continue to share your experience, um, continue to honor your own emotional experience, continue to honor the other's emotional experience, and, and trust. And you know, it might just be just the conversation is, what you need, not the experience, you know? For me, life boils down to two primary things and it's growth and pleasure. And there's lots of things that go underneath each. Uh, But we need both. And whenever I'm looking at an experience in life, I'm looking at how is it ticking both boxes?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And the reason this is important is because if we focus too much on growth, we end up in constant process. we end when, up drying. when
0: people tell me they're looking for growth in the relationship and the, well, be careful with your intention yeah, it can it, be rough.
1: growth is great but you have to balance Sometimes. it with pleasure yeah. growth is really important if you focus only on growth then it's really rough you're you're constantly in process you're arguing um things become dry you get like you get to a point where it's like this is not good for me and you and you break and run and start the cycle again um, and if you focus solely on pleasure then you end up kind of like chasing peak experiences and not feeling fulfilled, right? Because the soul's desire is, is growth. So we need to have both and yeah, there's lots of different ways that you can incorporate both and they're all great.
0: And, and I think people's perception of open relationship would be that it's very growth driven. What I find uh, beautiful who you talk to. exactly <laughs> what I find beautiful with you, if I can share, is that you told me uh, you could see at a temple night, for example, your partner making love with another man and finding it beautiful and, and finding pleasure in that, which is not every man on this earth right now, right? Uh, but so to most people, um, open relationship would feel like it's such a stretch in growth where I could feel for you now and where you are. It's not so much that because you don't have the constant trigger. Most people would have if they were to do it
1: for sure. But I I would like to take a step back and just Mm -hmm. say that this isn't just about like open relating Mm -hmm. growth and pleasure applies to all forms of relationship. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And that they're all equally valid and all equally powerful. and it's really, it's, it's up to you in terms of where your edge is and how you relate to that edge, whether or not it's something that you want to lean into and, and, and break free from, or if it's something that you want to move in an entirely different direction and not have to touch it. Mm. Uh, both are equally valid, and both will lead to uh, an experience of life, again, if you have the right sense-making mechanisms in place, of growth and pleasure. Mm. You know, you'll, you'll get to the end of your life more or, more or less satisfied and fulfilled. Uh, whichever path you take, one's not better than the other. But for me, I didn't like the idea of the fear that I felt in my system around this. Because I had traumatic experiences as a kid um, around women cheating on me and, and things that, that happened in, in relationships that left me yeah, feeling really a lot of pain. And so I was kind of carrying this pain and I was like, I don't want to carry this pain anymore. How do I how do I not carry this pain as I face the thing that I'm afraid of? When I face it so fully that it no longer scares me. And in doing so, I found, you know, a great deal of growth and capacity for pleasure and love.
2: I have to go to the Wait, Wait. I mean, we should speak to what just happened. Yeah. We had a bathroom a, break. We had a bathroom break, and there was an earthquake, like a real, like, yeah, like, quake, earthquake.
1: Like it's like a bathroom quake.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: but that has everything to do with open relationships. <laughs> it was totally connected. Oh my god, what a synchronicity! <laughs> Whoa, that was a big
0: one. But today, what's today? We're recording August twenty-two.
1: Yeah. Four thirty-five. We can
0: look at uh, which how it was, because depending if the epicenter was here, it's not such a big one. But if the epicenter was far. Then it was, was, huge. was felt, yeah. It was definitely the earth shakes. Mm. Sure. Actually, my camera I kept running, so we could Oh, that like, is true. A little bit of that. Yeah, that's cool. We'll have a little bit of that. cool.
1: <laughs> so before Woo! we get started, shake um, it off. I would love some more tea
2: yay me too actually now that i'm like the tank is empty i'm ready to fill her up again
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Mm.
0: hey took your cup back from the bathroom yeah
1: I feel like I missed an inside uh, joke. Yeah, yeah we, it's nice S- that we actually have soon. some. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah, so nice cup of tea, little earthquake. And look, we, we were saying that first we're so happy that you're so open. It's such an interesting conversation, right? And um, we we'll also keep this ones more around an, an hour. So we'll have a, a bit of a last um, an ending to it. And we're thinking because we've been um we've been going really deep and uh, that's what i love about you josh is that you can go deep into those emotions into that heart openness but you're also really full spectrum and so uh we've done a lot of comedy together improved comedy and that's that's uh interesting how yeah you can be full spectrum going into your sadness your hurting and at the same time keep that that light tone and have a lot of fun actually i'm interested for you like how do you Combine comedy with being so much in, in the depths of your heart whereas people can see them as uh, not compatible, maybe?
1: Um, fair question. Um, I guess they're kind of like different rooms in a house. It's like mm. you can you can be in the kitchen and then you can be in the sunroom, you know, and they're for different purposes and you have different experiences in them and they're great. <laughs>
2: like, what's a sunroom?
1: It's a great question. <laughs> we don't have time for that today. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I love comedy and again it comes back to this idea of the balance between growth and pleasure um, and I think that growth and pleasure is in every area of life like comedy is an incredible avenue for growth leaning into your edge like if, you're, if you've never done comedy improv before the idea of getting up on stage in front of people and trying to be funny is mm. pretty terrifying for, for most And so that can be like a massive growth edge and leaning into that growth edge leads to pleasure because it's fucking hilarious and it's a lot of fun. So what I love about comedy improv is that is the principles behind it. Um, so there's seven principles that I kind of espouse in comedy improv that make it just go better, make it flow more smoothly, make it easier for you to interact with other people and support each other in a scene. Uh, and why I love them so much is because they're life principles. they The things that if you incorporate into your life, you're gonna have a better experience in life. And yeah, they're also super relatable to relationships. Uh, For example, um, one of the concepts, one of the primary concepts in comedy improv is the idea of yes and, and it's the idea of accepting what's called an offer. Uh, If you're in a scene and, and someone says something, that's they're giving you an offer, they're creating some kind of context for the scene. And the principle is that you accept that offer. Um, so if I come to you and I'm like, hey, taxi driver, yada yada yada, you accept the fact that you're a taxi driver in that scene, and then you can build on it. And there's incredible benefit to this in relationship because it creates kind of like this upward trend of energy. Where you're like, yes, I accept that as your truth, as your experience, and let's build on it. Does that make sense? Yeah,
2: I mean, we call that. It's, it's another one of the principles is building blocks. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what you're speaking to As the momentum picks up. All of a sudden you have this energy flow of yes and, yes and, yes and accepting offers.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even when it leads to something that's like out of alignment or a mistake, you know, that what what you might deem as a mistake, uh, it, it always leads to growth. It always leads to like a deeper understanding of yourself, of the other, of how to interact with each other. And
0: it can be the funniest moments too. I remember we almost did a imp- comedy improv show together. In the end, Lawrence and I failed, uh, <laughs> <didn't laughs> failed. But part of it is I didn't have as much fun when we we're doing the rehearsing as I had before. For sure. And part of it is it's really hard with comedy improv to, like, there are Oops. kind of rules that make it better. And also sometimes the fact that it doesn't go according to plan or that people make mistakes is the funniest
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's why in the rehearsal it got a little bit too serious for me and I missed having that like uh, quirkiness
1: it was too growth focused
0: Yeah, we and it's actually a, a real inspiration for this podcast we talk about it sometimes with Laurence who is very inspired by comedy improv and we want it yeah. to be a balance we also sometimes want to like keep the weird Thing, the quirkiness the, al- the aliveness of uh, yeah. The
2: yeah moment. i actually had a different experience than you yeah and that was it was challenging but i felt something that i never felt in comedy improv before in those like when we were doing that i've mean, leading up to the show i felt like my brain was starting to get engaged in a way of i'm getting this and a whole other level so It was it was actually a little heartbreaking for me not to continue that process and not that I can't still what have you. But that was something that I felt like it was like, oh, it was like a puzzle that I finally like got a piece. I hadn't figured it out, but I was like, like, I felt that Um, what I'm just going to keep going and you can end the show when it's time. But (laughs) what um, Alex and I spoke about when we were wanting to bring up and like planning for the show, wanting to bring up comedy was the catharsis behind it and i think that it goes really well with the growth and the pleasure um how would somebody again who has never been in an open relationship or has never done comedy improv how would somebody utilize these these aspects for catharsis or maybe how does it work for you how do you is that even a thing
1: it's a really good question, I and that's the
0: end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for accepting the offer. <laughs> yes, great question, and that's all we have time for. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, uh, so yeah, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry to just completely ignore your. <laughs> I'm that, it's his job. He's the structure guy. I can do this, and he knows. Anyhow. Um, this is a really great question. And I think it's, it's best answered in a more broad context rather than specifically about a particular challenge that someone might be facing, is that, again, one of the biggest fears we have is that we won't be accepted, right? Is that we'll be cut off or we'll be rejected, we'll be out of connection, love will be withdrawn. And this is the fear that you face when you're going up on stage in comedy improv because you're improvising, right? It's not scripted. You don't get to put a particular face or a mask to the audience that's in front of you, because you don't have time to figure that out. You just have to allow whatever comes through to come through. And in doing that, it's, it's, it's like exercising a muscle of self-trust and exercising the muscle of allowing yourself to be seen in whatever comes through. And I think like on a broader level, this is the the primary benefit, like I've seen Mm. i saw this this one scene between these two people a man and a woman it was a four person scene it was uh, down in uluwatu when i was living down there and these two had been in relationship and the relationship had ended like relatively badly and they were in strong judgment of each other and they were brought into this scene where the two of them were acting out miming they weren't talking but they were acting out miming being in competition the game was um sports commentators Uh uh-huh and there were two other people who had no idea who the two were or what their relationship was or any of their history that were commentating on it and one of the things in in comedy improv is deep listening and so the two commentators were deeply listening to the dynamic that was happening between them and were literally commentating uh, a lot of the 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 actual dynamic Mm -hmm. that was existing between them and so they were in this game acting out this thing being commentated on and it was incredibly cathartic for both of I them bet. and they hadn't spoken since the separation until and, and then they played that game together <laughs> They both volunteered at the
2: same time that's
1: they both amazing. volunteered at the same time i was mc so i picked them because <laughs> that's the kind of guy that i am you were amazing and and yeah after that game they sat down and they had a chat and it was like it, it was really healing for them like that yeah and so there's there's like that's an extreme example but there's, yeah, incredible power in being able to laugh at yourself, being able to not take yourself so seriously. And there's nothing wrong with taking yourself seriously. It's a very normal and natural thing to do in order to protect ourselves. Uh, and there's a massive value in being able to kind of let that go wow. and laugh at, laugh at ourselves, which is one of the reasons why I love wood on acid. Because it's, it's bringing that element into the community and allowing people to see themselves from all sorts of different angles and be able to kind of like relax and open and and be more real, which I think is a really beneficial thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've always made that point about a on acid. It's the fact that I think that we could get away with a lot as long as we don't have feedback for it. And as soon as we have feedback, we have to like look in the mirror.
1: This is the primary purpose of the jester in the court of Mm -hmm. days of old, is that the jester was really the only person in the court that could be real with the leadership and do it through humor, through comedy, and not risk having his head chopped off, basically, for giving bad feedback. And so it was a critical element, and I think that, yeah, I think comedy plays that role, and we can incorporate comedy into our lives to be able to, you know, fulfill that function in our own lives.
0: Mm. It's so funny that you talk about it, because that's a a topic we've prepared for the next guest, Kevin, who also loves this analogy and works with GPCs. And we look at the society today, who n- hasn't get gotten censored on YouTube for talking about New World Order, Vax stuff, all that. Mm-hmm. GPCs, right? It's yeah. comedy.
1: Yeah. Comedy is a power to be able to cut through defenses mm. and, and land. Uh, and that's what makes good comedy good, mm. is that it speaks truth, but it does it in a way that we can mm. laugh at it. Yeah, you spoke to it by
2: using the archetype, the gesture. Jester, because like if you watch now,
1: since um,
2: the pandemic began, if you watch like the late night American talk show hosts, we you know the most popular ones like Jimmy Fallon, they're not doing that anymore. They're now like making jokes to get a yes for the narrative that's going on. So I mean, you bringing that up, I think, is very acute to to why it's valuable, why it's important. I like I I do feel like we're gonna end now. Like it feels like the pro- appropriate time. Do we want to do the questions for Instagram or right now? Um, Yeah, let's do now. Okay, let's do now. We can always clip them for Insta too. Uh, Okay, so we have a couple of questions that are like regular (laughs) questions that we do, but we're like finding different formats Mm -hmm. for them. So like improvising, improvising, I guess. Uh, The first question is, what have you, what did you experience for the first, what one thing did you experience in Ubud for the first time? One thing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> or, like, or, or one thing that stands out. Well, one thing, all right. Um, yeah, I, I came to Ubud first when I came to Bali and the, the, the primary thing that stood out for me was that was a sense that I got that there wasn't something wrong with me. And that was mm. a really profound insight for me because coming from where I'd come from, I would look around and be like well I'm there's something wrong with me like I'm having an issue with the way the world works it, the problem must be within me. And then coming here being amongst all of these people that oh they're
0: real people you're not weird anymore.
1: Yeah, well these were people <laughs> were having the same sense right and they're all congregating here and and yeah this is, this is really stood out for me it happened 9 years ago but it was this sense of like ah Actually, there's not, there's not something wrong with me and all of the thoughts that I've had about what's you know, damaging or out of alignment or bad in society, I'm not the only one seeing this. And that was a really profound insight for me. It's cool because
2: that confidence and that insight also, I imagine, goes with you now to Canggu or to Uluwatu or wherever else you go in the world. You can't lose that now. It's part of you.
1: Yeah, I, I found the trust in it. It was always part of me. Uh, to be able to... Yeah, stand in it with trust and confidence is is something that is now with me for sure. Sweet,
2: ready for the next question? Yes. Are you ready for the next? Do you want to ask it, or do you want me to ask it? You go. Okay. Yes, I can. The next question is, what's not weird in Ubud that's weird everywhere else?
1: Just one thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so much. Um... it's it's difficult for me to answer because i've been so enmeshed in this culture for so long that all of a sudden it now feels normal like Mm i i i have these experiences of like wow people out there still think that because i haven't been in contact with that for such a long time that i forget that the rest of the world is still the rest of the world Mm -hmm. so to to answer that question i'd be like what's normal (laughs) so i guess probably yeah, all sorts of things like dancing just for expression ecstatic dance that's normal here and it's weird in the rest of the world it doesn't fit um talking about your emotions normal here weird in the rest of the world you know you have a container for that you go to your therapist um yeah i mean so many things so many things it's very difficult to narrow down. thank you awesome yeah.
2: thank you for being on the show thank you for I feel like i've deepened my understanding and my connection to you i really feel like how we started the show off today when you were like just being in connection with another human i feel like that became really real today and i really appreciate that and so much so that me and alex did not once mention to the listeners and the watchers to not forget to subscribe do not forget to follow do not forget to share
0: hit the like button yeah
1: (laughs) and the (laughs) notification button we didn't do it once in the whole episode because we were so ingrained in what was going on it's okay i invite you to just have full self-acceptance around that experience and if you don't subscribe also accept yourselves but subscribe subscribe
0: yeah (laughs) last (laughs) love for you josh please tradition on the show and look we could have gone for four hours we'll probably have you back that was so interesting gone many ways
1: but i think that that was so cool he's our first repeat
0: guest yeah
1: our first repeat guest i feel honored thank you it's good to be here mm. it's good to dive deep into this one topic as well that was fun
0: do you have anything you want to share like how people can follow you what's next for you quickly
1: um yeah just uh instagram josh B. roberts and yeah. josh v roberts i'm sure it'll be on that thing so yeah. okay. slurp away thank you this is why i came it wasn't sloppy enough yeah, it wasn't sloppy
2: enough it's okay. I mean, it's a yes and, you know. Accept I slurped we the accept. last
1: one. You can probably just cut the audio over the top of that.
0: We were deep listening. It was I, th- I think we'll <laughs> keep the little quirkiness of that, how we end this episode. Mm-hmm. That's part of how it makes us relatable. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Or oh, we can uh, we can keep the other end. I said last before. When I oh, said this is before the, end. the earthquake. <laughs> no, when I said this is the end.
1: Oh. Yeah. And you just cut the last bit of the whole thing. Yeah. Bye, guys. (laughs) (laughs)
2: It's over.